Lord, let's love him. I give you praise, holy God. I worship you, Jesus. God of gods and the King of kings. You are holy and mighty, Lord. We praise you. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to feel after your great and mighty presence, Lord. All that you do, O oh Lord, all that you do. In Jesus' name. Thank God and thank God everybody said praise the Lord. Let's give God a big hand. Thank you, Lord. All right, if you have a Bible this morning, turn your attention to the book of Romans. The book of Romans. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful to be in God's house. Glad and happy for each and every one of you that are here. In the book of Romans this morning, I would like for you to look at chapter 6 of the book of Romans. Chapter 6, the book of Romans. Verse 17, But God be thanked that ye were, that's past tense, that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. I want to try to work a little this morning on obeying from the heart, obeying from your heart. God bless you. You may be seated. Probably the first thing that should be mentioned is that your heart is not located in your rib cage when we're talking from the Bible. Okay, uh, we're not talking about. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I read. How many hundred million beats a heart does in a lifetime? But that's your physical heart. That's your that's your pump. That's a muscle, and that's a natural thing. And I think we've driven it in, hopefully, uh, to your mind that we try to think spiritually here. And we're studying a spiritual book. Okay, so you have to think spiritually. And so when you think about the heart, then he's talking spiritually to you. And it is the here, and it is the seat of your thoughts and your intellect, and it is also the seat of your emotions. That's what the heart is here when he said that he thanked God. He said, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, past tense, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. So they believed with their thought process, with their reasoning process, with their intellectual process, they believed. They believed with their emotions. Some people would like to explain away a lot of things about Jesus 
and the belief in Jesus as being, oh, you're just emotional, you know. Well, you know, there are things that God has done that uh, if you don't get emotional about it, then I'm thinking maybe you're just plain old dead, you know. Uh, a man is sitting at the steps of the church house. I remember myself sitting at the step of the church house uh, as a young man. Uh-oh, as a younger man. Uh, well, we had to correct that one quickly, didn't we? As a younger man, I was, uh, I had been uh, witness to for the first time in my life about truth from the Bible. And uh, I was gotten a job, a new job, and I, because the former job, I quit and I got fired both at the same time. He fired me and I quit on him. So we had a mutual agreement. We agreed to separate. And uh, I, it was good for the Lord to deliver me from that job. It was a, a drug-oriented job and place, and, and it was just terrible. And uh, But anyway, the Lord gave me a new job. And um, some guys showed up at the new job, and they realized that uh, I was going to church and that I'd been baptized, and they weren't happy about it. The devil's not happy about that. And he rises up through people. And, and they, these three people, they just assaulted me uh, verbally. And uh, they told me that, you know, Moses didn't see God in a burning bush, that it was uh, aliens from outer space. And all kinds of things, you know. They could believe that, but they couldn't believe God's word the way God's word said it. But they could believe it was aliens. And it's always amazed me how people can go so far extreme right and left in believing the wildest things, and but they cannot focus and center and balance on the good word of God and believe that. Don't misplace your faith. There were people got on a, a great big old boat and somebody made the statement and got everybody in trouble if you want to know the truth. You got to be careful what you say. And somebody said, this is the ship that God can't sink. Everybody right then should have fallen on their face and said, forget what he said, God. We don't believe that way. You know, now they should have blessed their food on that big ship and said, God, while we pray to bless this food, I want you to know that we don't believe what that guy said. And we're no part of that. You know, and we're not, no part of that at all. And, uh, but they didn't. They didn't. And, you know, sometimes people say that silence is golden. You've heard that? Sometimes it's just plain yellow. Sorry for the people who are wearing yellow today. No effect on you there. Okay, sometimes it's just plain yellow. Sometimes holding your peace and going along with the crowd and not raising objection uh, that is a warranted objection. Uh, the situation and the statements uh, should be challenged. They should be challenged. They shouldn't just, we shouldn't just go along uh, with the current and the course of this life and be swept away. Isn't that what it said about them in the days of, of uh, Noah? They were eating and they were drinking and they were marrying and they were given in marriage and they, uh, they just, you know, going along with everything. 
not raising any objections and not listening to the preacher of righteousness. And suddenly there came a, a flood and it swept them all away. But they were already being swept away by a flood and they weren't acknowledging it. They weren't owning up to it. They were being swept up in the lifestyles of this world. And everybody in this world is aspiring to have the lifestyle of the rich and the famous, the celebrities. That's why they go around with their phones and taking selfies all the time, you know. They're in a, in a restaurant and they're doing that number, you know. And, okay, and if you do that, I'm, I don't mean to offend you in any way, but um, I'm telling you the world is, is going crazy on being a celebrity. And, and just trying to have the lifestyle of the rich and famous. Now, we could have a lot of fun right now if I was to summon Bacara to come in here and do one of her little impersonations. And she'd have you rolling on the floor laughing. Because, you know, uh, she, can, she can imitate that attitude real good, to a T. And uh, she's just a natural. But uh, I, I, um, I am saying to you that it is, it's important for you to realize that there are spirits, there are attitudes that are in this world that want to sweep you along and get you going into directions that are harmful to you. And I could say to your family and your friends, but let's get it down to you. Let's in, you take it in to this morning for yourself. Okay, I'm, I'm very glad when you're not selfish. But this morning, I, about the Word of God, I, I, I'm going to give you legal, to be legally selfish, okay? You can, you can do that here this morning. It's like there is a form of pride that's okay. It's legally correct because it comes out self-respect. But there is a fleshly pride that is linked to arrogance. This is not good, okay? But I say to you this morning, you can be legally selfish, okay? You, you need to... Take in the Word of God. You need to gobble it up. You need to be like a, a pig at the trough, you know. Uh, we tell people sometimes when somebody's joining the, the meal, you know, and they just got there a little late, we tell them, we're waiting on you like one hog waits on the other. One hog doesn't wait on the other, okay. Okay. They're just, you know, see, and they're hitting, boy, they're hitting the trough, and that's it, friend. And, they, and you can hear the grunts and the sounds, you know, and you don't want me to imitate that. That's kind of gross. Okay. But uh, that's what they're doing. So when you look at this world and as you try to evaluate it, try to see, look around you and see what's taking place and see what's happening and ask yourself, do I want to be among that group of unbelieving people who have misplaced their faith and, and put it in something that's going to sink, something that's going to drown? The Bible talked about people drowning in uh, perdition or damnation uh, because they have given themselves over to uh, the uncertain riches of this life. They, they want that lifestyle, and they, they forsake everything good. They ignore everything that God has for them. Now, somebody asked me the question, and of course, the minute I say that, you know I'm talking about Marvin. I should say, ask me the questions. Marvin's never, Marvin's come in bunches. Marvin's questions come in bunches. 
but I enjoy it. And, uh, but the question was built around where your heart is, is where your treasure is. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. And he wanted to know what that meant. And so we talked about that a little bit. And if you, I am saying to you this morning, that if, you're, if you set your heart, your intellect, your, your emotions, if you set it on uncertain riches, remember, money is the root of all evil, right? Thank you. The love of money. You know what that means? That means greed. 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 Got to have it at any cost. I've told them that uh, there was a man named John Paul Getty. And at his time, he's dead, but and his family's still alive. There's family uh, lineage. But the John Paul Getty was an extremely rich man. And uh, he um, was asked one time, you know, say, isn't it enough? Don't you have enough? And uh, he said, just a little bit more. Never could get enough. There's a, there's a lust there. There's, a, there's an addiction there. And you'd be surprised how, what kind of insecurity attaches itself to uncertain riches. So I gave the example. I said, you've got a, a man that the scripture said he fared sumptuously every day. And he, he had the finest of clothing. He had the finest of everything. And uh, it was described later as from heaven that, and said to him in correspondence when heaven was communicating with him in hell and, and told him, you can't come where we are and we sure not coming from where we're at to where you're at. <laughs> we're not doing that. Say, but as a matter of fact, he said, you can't. You can't. He said, there's, there's a, a great gulf, a great chasm, a great big space, an immeasurable, immeasurable space between the two. And one cannot pass from there to the other. It's an impossibility. God has declared that's an impossibility. And so, he said, he was told that now, son, in your lifetime, you received good things. And now you're in torment because you set your heart on those things that you considered to be good. You chased after those things. You, you ignored the one you're looking at now. You know, I walked in this morning and uh, I saw that Kesey had that new little baby and she just had her all. And I said, okay, it must be cold in here. I've got to get the air conditioner fixed. But she had it all wrapped up. She just had that little baby clutched to her. Said she was napping. And so, but, you know, that's what the man in hell saw. He saw the church. He saw the church just wrapped up in the arms of Jesus Christ in heaven. The church that he had ignored. The church that he'd made fun of. The church that he'd turned his nose up to. Or the church that he turned away from and ran away from. Convicted. Just, just the light was too great. And, and he dwelt in the shadows, in the darkness, where he continued on with his evil deeds, the things that didn't want to come to the light because the light makes manifest. The light makes things very clear. And so he was told 
in your lifetime, you, you got all the goodies. You, you definitely believed your chapter and verse was he, would die, he who dies with the most toys wins. Only problem is you found out that that wasn't true. Just like people are going to find out that a lot of things that they've built their lives around and their traditional belief system around, their made-up thing, that they, they make it up. They want to write the script for God. And, and that, well, God will say this is all right. And, and I'm a good person. And they'll just keep right on writing it. And they, it's like the guy said, well, it was my pastor, actually. He said before he got the Holy Ghost, he said that he was a liar. And uh, he said, I could tell lies so good, he said, I got to believe in my own lies. You know? And people can tell them some, themselves something over and over and over again until they think it's factual. I had somebody the other day try and explain something to me about a, a series of events that had taken place and they weren't sure where something went wrong and they weren't they didn't have all the pieces to the puzzle. And so all of a sudden in the conversation I'm trying to listen I'm trying to follow they said um they said and 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 you said thus and so and I said well I said I I didn't say anything. I said I'm listening here. <laughs> I said I don't know. I did not say that, and I do not know, you know. So you can get caught up here, and you can, you can get this thing really mumble-jumble, and you can start believing something that's not in the Bible. And I'm trying to tell you that it's a whole lot easier and a whole lot more rewarding if you'll just go ahead and believe what is in the Bible and quit wasting and misplacing your God-given faith on things that aren't in the Bible. Things that are to no profit. You're not, you're not gaining on the profit side of the ledger at all. The eternal side of the profit side of the ledger. You're not gaining at all. And that you're, instead of your stock going up or your account going up with God, it's going down and you become more and more unprofitable and there's no reason for that because the Lord is interested in your success the Lord is interested in you going to heaven the Lord is interested in you being saved right here right now he's not interested in you procrastinating big word means putting off to where you can put it off and put it off until you put it off it's like I told somebody you um they somebody made them one time a wooden thing and it said round to it because every every time they invited them to church they said well one of these days I'll get around to it so he gave them a round to it he said now come to church you've got one now so you know we as <laughs> actually my pastor's son that did that and uh, so I'm saying to you that uh, we have to pull our mind, our heart to the doctrine, to the teaching, the doctrine of Jesus Christ, the one that the people described, the common people like us, who the religious people were looking down on and were, you know, getting mad at them because one man said, does our law judge a man before it's even heard him? And they said, they got mad at him. 
And they said, well, are you one of them now? Said, what will people say when they find out I'm a Jesus saint, you know? <laughs> and well, they found out that this guy was leaning towards Jesus and what Jesus was saying. And he said, does our law, does our religious teaching say that we should judge somebody before we even hear what they have to say? And they said, oh, they said, you're one of them now, huh? one of them. Thank God for the day when you can rejoice and say, I'm one of them. Yes, yes I am. Amen. I'm going to tell you what. They were on the ark and all them people down there and I told the plumber one time because he kept telling me he was going to come to the house and he, he didn't come and he didn't come and he didn't come and finally I called him and when he answered the phone I said, go, 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 go. I said, that's me. I'm drowning. I need you to get down here. Well, that's how it was outside the ark and they were on the top of the highest mountain on their tiptoes. And it was good, 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 good. Because it was raining. And they were told it was going to happen. But they didn't believe it. The fountains of the deep had broken up. And the, and the clouds. Yesterday we were riding over to pray for Sister Mason. And uh, we were in the sunshine. And all of a sudden we saw. And I said, man, look at those. Over there it's sunny. And here it's sunny. I said, but look over there. And, and you could see the clouds to the south. And a little bit to the east, we're building up. And uh, it wasn't too much longer later that we were coming back, and it was it was like we were in a horseshoe. Only we weren't in the open part where the sun is. We were in the part where the solid metal of the of the clouds was all over us, and it started raining and thundering and lightning. And then I was on the phone with somebody that was up towards the Jupiter area, and they, and every once in a while they'd stop in the conversation and go, "Woo!" They said, "Wow, that was a big one," and it was lightning where they were at, you know. And, and, and I'm saying to you that these people ignored the preaching, the righteous preaching, because they were doing what they were doing. They were eating, drinking, marrying, giving marriage. They were running all over the place doing their thing. And, and, and they were being swept away by those things. And then the flood came and swept them all away. And believe me, every animal... And every human being on that ark, in the church, in other words, was rejoicing. I'm one of them. I, I, yeah, I'm a Jesus freak. I'm a Jesus saint. I'm a Jesus believer. Yes, I am. And boy, am I glad. Look at that storm. Look at those clouds. Look at that people being just swept away. Woo! Am I glad to be in the ark of safety? And of course, about that time, the, the elephant trumpeted, only he didn't trumpet with his, his snout there, you know, and everybody on the ark was holding their note, and then somebody got to complain about it, somebody got to complain about it, somebody got, somebody got upset with the stink. And somebody else got upset. And that, then that, that was it. Then the skunks got into it. And they started spraying instead of praying. And, you know, it was just, it was contagious. It was just happening all over the place. And, it, and but then they, somebody looked out and they said, well, there may be an occasional stink and there may be 
an occasional disagreement, and there may be things that are in the air that don't make me my five senses feel too good, but it's better to be in here with that than be out there with that. <laughs> I'd much rather be in here than out there. Doesn't make any sense in the middle of a ferocious storm to step outside the boat for any reason. To leave divine protection makes no sense. Oh, friend, it never makes sense to leave the word of God, to leave the truth of God. What makes sense is to, and to give God thanks for it, to be thanking God that being a sinner, born in sin, everybody born in sin, everybody's born in sin. All have been concluded under sin. There's no, there's not one that's righteous, the book says. Everybody, everybody, Jesus said, must be born again. No exceptions, none whatsoever. Well, you know, I think I'm just going to get around that by going, no, there is no going that way. Well, maybe I can slip on it. Nope, there'll be no slipping on it that way. He said, you're going to get on that ark, you're going through that door. And the New Testament said that door is Jesus. He said, I am the door. I love when he did things like that. <laughs> I, lo I love when he told, he told Martha, Martha, he told Martha, he said, I am the resurrection. Man, that was great. You know? It, you know, just, yeah. You know? One guy said to me, he said, at a table with a bunch of people, he said, do you, um, I'm sitting there with Steve and he said, do you, um, how do you do that? He said, do you have uh, a bunch of um, CPAs and accountants, you know, in your church? And I said, I am the CPA. I said, I, I am the accountant. I said, um, I count the pennies. Yeah. I said, um, yeah, we got to roll that coin. You know? uh, I'm also the guy that picks up the papers and um, at least helps. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Charles, I'd be sweeping the front porch. But he's kind enough to do that for us on Sunday morning. Matter of fact, I was hunting for him this morning. I heard, I told him I heard that Matt calling, where's Charles? I need a sweeping. <laughs> sure enough, he showed up and did it. So I'm saying, you know, uh, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the door. I am the Savior. And I'm right here in front of you. And I'm trying to deliver to you. This doctrine, this form of doctrine, trying to deliver it to you, trying to give it to you, free of charge. Don't procrastinate. Don't get distracted. Don't keep pursuing. Jesus comes along one day. He hears it. He's like, and he sees him. There's a group. There's ten of them. Jesus! Help us. Now, you know, normally they would be crying, unclean, unclean. They would do that so nobody would get near them because what they had was contagious. Boy, if everybody in this town, hmm, in this tri-city area, there'd be a loud lot of clamor of unclean going on, right? Screaming. But that law, the law commanded that they, lepers, that they had to, 
scream unclean so nobody would come near them. They would walk on the other side of the street or something or run in the other direction because they didn't want to get that contagious disease. They didn't want that. And uh, I've had people come around me and they say, don't, don't shake hands with me because I have, I have a bad cough. I have the flu. And I'm like, okay, you keep that to yourself. I don't want that. I don't want none of that. Well, you know what? That's the same way we feel about sin. That's the same way we feel about sin. That when you finally recognize sin and what is sinful, that it's, it's like leprosy. And that's what it, leprosy was, a shadow and a type or a preview of, trying to show you. And these people, you know, their noses were eaten away and their fingers were down to the nub and so many different and running open sores that they had. And uh, they were ten of them. And, and Jesus, they got Jesus' attention. You know, I read in the Bible that the, the man Christ Jesus, the flesh, you know, he took upon him the nature of Abraham. It wasn't an angel. Okay. When God decided to put on a suit, he put one of flesh on. And he became visible. Okay? All right. Where'd that suit come from? Mary. Mary provided that suit of flesh. And the Spirit chose to put himself inside that suit of flesh. And God was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word that was God was made flesh. God manifested or showed himself clearly in the flesh. And that's why he said, if you don't believe me, oh, who are you? You, you son of, of that carpenter. Your, your mother's here. Your brothers are here. Name four of his brothers. And your sisters are here. Evidently, he had quite a natural family, didn't he? That shoots holes in the, in the uh, Roman theology, you know. Mary and Joseph had a very normal life, okay, after Jesus was born. And that's in your Bible. Well, they were offended at Jesus. Who are you to speak like you speak? Another place they said, who gave you this authority? And all the while he's telling them, how about if you can't believe in me because I'm supposedly the son of the carpenter. You got it wrong. Just like the guy said, you know, he, he, he's leaning towards he's the Christ. And they said, oh, you're one of them, huh? Said, so you go read the scripture then. Go read the Bible then. You'll find out. No prophet cometh out of uh, Nazareth. Funny thing was, he didn't come from Nazareth. He was born in Bethlehem. He was born in the city of bread. So maybe they needed to go check their source instead of speaking so disrespectfully and not listening. You know, the Bible did say, be swift to hear and slow to speak. And so, he was from Bethany, I mean from Bethlehem, the house of bread, and 
he was not the son of Joseph. That was his supposedly his father. But he was not his father. His father was God. The spirit, in other words. All right, so he is standing there in front of these people, and they're deriding him. They're putting him down. They're not believing him. Talk about a preacher of righteousness. They're, they're not believing him who said, I'm the resurrection. They're, they're not believing him who is, I'm the Savior. I'm the Christ. According to this flesh, I'm the Son of the living God, the only begotten Son. Did you get that only part? The only begotten Son of God. Full of grace and truth. And you're not believing me. He said, if you can't believe me because my flesh turns you off, and you know the Bible said in Isaiah 53, said that when people saw him, there was no beauty that you would desire him. There was nothing about his physical flesh that was attractive. Okay? You know, people in this world, men lust for women, and women lust for men. We had a woman that claimed to be in the church, and everything was Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. I never read about Tom Cruise in the Bible. Who's Tom Cruise? It's like one of our preachers, he went to get a suit. And when he went to get a suit, um, the salesman, you know, put the coat on him, and he said, man, this is a fine suit. He said, Johnny Carson wears this suit. And the preacher went, Who's Johnny Carson? Now, some of you are probably too young. You don't know who Johnny Carson is, okay? Johnny Carson is just a famous television celebrity back in the day, okay? And, of course, he's, I guess, I don't know. He's probably dead. I really don't know if he is or not because I don't know either. You know? I'm not following any of them, <laughs> you know? But I'm, I'm saying the, the, the people get their, their lives built around fantasy, and Hollywood, and wanting, envisioning that their lifestyle of the rich and the famous, you know. Why you want to be Kim Kardashian? I don't know. I don't know why. I have no idea. Maybe it's because she learned the gimmick of how to market herself. And you being the dumb fish that you are, or the gullible fish that you are, you opened your mouth and she put the hook right in there. And so you got to buy those magazines every week. You know, she's just reeling you further into her fantasy lifestyle. You know. Well, there's a whole lot of fantasy in this world. There's a whole lot of lying. Of course, you know there's no lying anymore. You know that, right? There's no such thing as lying. It's whatever the person says, that's reality. They can say whatever they want. And that's it. That's it. They make it up as they go along, but that's it. That's it. That becomes their reality, and they believe their own lies, so therefore they want you to also believe their lies. But you know, there is a truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. Amen. Make you free. That's what your Bible says. And whom the Son of Man has set free, or made free, free indeed. Let the Lord deliver you 
from the falsehood. And boy, didn't they learn a hard lesson on that great big ship that they said God couldn't sink when they sunk, when it was too late, and when they didn't have enough lifeboats. All of a sudden, all the contingency plans were falling short. All of a sudden, the health care benefits couldn't hold water, couldn't keep it out. All the things that people were trusting in and panicking over and chasing after. All the while, word of God right there, preach your righteousness right there, voice going out. Isaiah said, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Cry aloud and spare not. It wasn't only the, the elephant that had the trumpet. <laughs> the preacher had one. And he lifted up his voice like a trumpet and he spared not. Cried aloud. Trying to tell people. Trying to help people. That you've got to get this taken care of. You've got to believe in your heart. Lots of people believe. But they don't believe from their heart. It's just very superficial. Seed fell on the wayside. Buzzards of hell came and snatched it right away. How many people have come to a service and gone, you never see them again? How many people have come and got all excited? I've seen people come and put on a shout and put on a dance and until we started naming them Brother Dance, you know. <laughs> now, now that one I'd turn Sister Williams loose and let her imitate that one for you. Brother, you're talking about rolling on the floor. Laughing, but I don't want to embarrass her, so I won't do that. But um, or I don't want to be embarrassed for her. Maybe that's it. <laughs> but oh, brother, there's 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 people that do all kinds, of, and then they're gone. They're just gone. They're gone. There's a whole army of people out there that have come and gone, like a revolving door, just you know. But listen, the church is not designed to be a revolving door. That you're to come in through Jesus the door because you're believing from your heart. That form of doctrine. That form of doctrine. What form of doctrine? The form of doctrine that Jesus brought and gave to his apostles and they gave it to everybody else. And for almost 2,000 years now, the church has been serving up the medicine, if you please. Okay? Serving it up, friend. Sending it out there. How did they train uh, the uh, young man, one of the seven, they trained him to take care of things that needed to be served out to people that were in need. And when he learned how to be obedient and took the training on how to do that naturally, then God said, now we're going to separate you to go to a city and you're going to serve up the Holy Ghost medicine to a lost and dying city that is bewitched, that is taken in by drugs and alcohol, and sin, and disease, and you're going to give them that form of doctrine that casts out devils, and heals the sick, and that gives people this great salvation. This great salvation. This great salvation. Great salvation. You know, if you can't be faithful in a little bit, then you can't be faithful in much. So God begins to train with a little bit. And as a person doesn't despise that, or as I told you, the Bible said that they were offended in Jesus. And they 
begin to call out his pedigree and his family and, and everything else. And, and they got it all wrong, of course. They were offended at him. They were offended at him. And because of that, because of that, because that little bit that he was trying to give to them and share with them and help them to get started, because they rejected it, because they got offended at it, because they took offense at what he was saying. You know, the Word of God is going to do two things. It's either going to be a rock of salvation to people, or it's going to be a stumbling stone of offense to people. It's a rock of salvation to them that believe. That they believe it. They believe it from their heart. Not superficially. Not a little, you know, I'm blessed. Putting on all that stuff, you know, all that superficial surface stuff, you know. But this gets down past the rock. This gets, this escapes the thorns. And this gets down into good ground. Good ground. And then it begins to bring forth fruit. It begins to yield a harvest. And in so doing, it, it produces the fruit of the Spirit in a person's life. And this believing from your heart makes a depth of change in people. So that the things that I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. The songs I used to sing, I don't sing them anymore. The words I used to speak, I don't speak those words anymore. There's been a change in me. A change, a depth of change. That I'm dead to sin. I don't live in that any longer. I've stepped out of darkness and I'm moving towards the light of life. And I'm getting deeper into it, more and more into it. I'm growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every day, every day, that he is being formed in me. Did you ever read that? Where the apostle said that he travailed in birth till Christ be formed in you. That's in your Bible. He formed it. You get that form of doctrine and it will form Christ in you. It'll do that. Believing from the heart. Believing with depth. Believing with sincerity. That your believing is not corrupted by worldly things, ungodly things, unclean things. I've told many times how that you know, Marvin used to work down at the dealership way long time ago, and uh, when he was a young man, and uh, you're getting old now, get to be an old bachelor. I don't know what I'm gonna do with him, but anyway, there was a guy there that had a white t-shirt on and uh, 
I'd say it was rather short in the sleeves. But more importantly, it, uh, he had the words apostle written on the front. And I had gone down to the dealership to get a part, and then I said hello to Marvin, and I saw that guy, and I saw that shirt, and I saw that name. And uh, so I got Marvin aside. I said, Marvin, I said, what's with the guy with the shirt says apostle? He goes, man, he said, that guy cusses worse than a sailor. He said, every, every bad thing comes out of his mouth. Oh. So, you know, there's believing, church family, and then there's believing. There's, there's believing the Bible way. There's believing the godly way. There's believing the way that God recognizes when the man Christ Jesus got on his face and began to pray because the hour was upon him, the hour that he was going to be taken and delivered up into wicked hands and beaten and crucified. And the Bible said that he offered up, he brought an offering, okay? He brought an offering, that flesh, that man that was about to hurt, that man that was feeling the heaviness of the hour that he offered up with prayer and supplications, and strong crying tears. He brought that kind of offering to the point that he said, you know if it's possible, <laughs> you know, the flesh talking to the spirit, if it's possible, he said, you could let this cup pass from my chalice. You, you could let this go by, you know. And, uh, but he said, nevertheless, he, re he reeled in that flesh. He said, nevertheless, not my will, not the will of the flesh, but thy will, the will of the Spirit be done. I've got to obey what's inside of me, what's in my heart, and what's telling me what i got to do. And you know, if it could be a little question mark for you. But the Bible said, once again in Isaiah 53, it pleased the Spirit to put him through the flesh, what he went through. It pleased the Spirit. Pleased the Spirit. I'm not sure why, I'm not sure what some things that please God. Maybe it's obedience that pleases God. Even obedient unto the death. The death of the flesh. But I want to go do the death of the flesh. But it's so much fun to go. The death of the flesh. Death of the flesh. Oh yeah. When you start repenting, you start dying to sin and sinful lifestyle. You, you say, I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm sorry that I was so out of control and so wild. And the Bible did say wild by nature. you know. And, and of course, somebody put to pen a, a famous worldly song, Born to be Wild. Well, they weren't wrong. But we're not reborn wild. 
okay? We're not reborn yet. It's like the man that was born blind. And Jesus said, wilt thou be blind? Will you be healed? And so I loved it. The Lord, the Lord spit. Isn't that great? We need more spit from God, and we need more sweat for God. Some people don't like spit and sweat. If you don't like it, don't sit too close in the front. If I get cranked up, you just might get spit on. If you get too close, I'm sure that my sweat will affect you too. But we need, we need you, don't, you don't need namby-pamby preaching. You don't need, you know, uh, politically correct, just Emily Post etiquette preaching. You don't need that. Okay. John the baptizer wouldn't have known what you were talking about. You'd have thought John the baptizer was crazy, and he'd have been looking at you like you were crazy. You know, he'd give you that walleye look. You know. And uh, you know, he was he was rough. Some people don't do rough. Jesus spoke sometimes and they got offended. I think people who get offended are weak. I do. I think people who get offended, they don't love God's word. Because the Bible tells me, great peace of they which love thy word and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall offend them. You know, trying to Save people is not a delicate job. You know, it's not, a, it's not a delicate job. It's not, you know, just, you know, hi, how you doing? You know, and how about you come to church and live for God? People aren't just jumping up and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when the makeout counter is calling them, and the short skirts, you know, are calling. And the, the, the lifestyles, again, of the rich and the famous are calling them. And the pull of that, the pull of that. You know, when I was a young man, I could touch the rim. Now I couldn't get halfway up to the rim. You know, what I mean by that is, is there's, there's a time in your life when you can do some things without thinking about it and effortless almost, okay? But there'll come a time in life where you won't be able to do that. Jesus told Peter that. He said, he said, you go where you want to go now. And you go over here and preach. And you go over there and do this. And you go over there and do that. And you go over there and do this. He said, but time coming. He said, where? They're going to take you where you don't want to go. And the Lord was foretelling him about how he was going to glorify him by the way he would die. And it is appointed unto man once to die, or once to a person to die. Everybody going to die. You hear me? Everybody going to die. The car, you stay standing right there. Now, you know, this is not a little girl. Not in any way, shape, or form is that a little girl. And you just don't know the struggle that Senior Sith Feld and I have gone through to keep this girl saved. And I'm not going to embarrass her by telling you, telling you what she weighs. You know, when you get on the, well, she told us the other day. That's, but I'm going to keep that a secret. 
But it was really cool because all the numbers were the same. I thought, you can say, all the numbers were the same. But you know, I'm trying to say, to pull this fish out of this ocean of worlds, you know, you have to say, come with me, Carl. Come with me, Carl. That don't work. I'm a, uh, 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 uh. You know? it's, it's not just her weight that's fighting me. It's all them things trying to hold her and pull her in the other direction. You know, and that's why I was saying about touching that rim. Because as I got older, gravity had a greater effect on me. <laughs> and I can't defeat the gravity. When I got in when you get in an airplane and you want to take off, you have to defeat gravity. Okay? You have to do that. That's one of the negative forces. And and if you want to touch the rim and dunk the basketball, you got to defeat gravity. You know? You got to shoot up through that. And that's why the hang on the rim because when you get there, you're going to start coming down. And so sometimes they just hang on the rim. Because <laughs> you know? you're going down. <laughs> That's all there is to it, friend. That's it. That's it. There are forces, forces that want to pull you back. They want to take you into darkness. The Bible said hell hath moved herself to meet you at your coming. Hell is, is on a and in another place it said enlarged herself without measure. That you have to understand that hell is on the move and hell has an ability to open its mouth wider. That hell wants you. Hell wants you. You know, and I'm on this end of the line. He prayed strong prayers, strong tears, strong crying. It wasn't a cakewalk. You know, it wasn't, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. This is not a fairy tale. You know, <laughs> this isn't some, you know, that's why sometimes people would get around a table to bless the food and break out in a prayer meeting because the Spirit of the Lord would sweep in the place. And, and who cared about food? You know, sometimes God's presence and God's power Gets a hold of you and demands something of you. And maybe, just maybe, the prayer that is inspired through you is to help somebody a long way away. Maybe in a country that you don't even know the name of it. You know? Maybe somebody with a name that you can't pronounce. But God knows who they are. And maybe that person, like the man in the Bible that Paul had a dream about, and he saw a man from a country called Macedonia, which is over by Greece. That helps. And uh, I always, you know, when, I always feel funny when I pray for Greece and then I pray for Turkey. I always try to put some other countries in there because I'm afraid I'm going to get hungry, you know. <laughs> I try to use different ones, you know. I'll go to Italy or go up to France or somewhere and then I'll come back to Turkey, you know, something like that. But anyway, the guy was in Macedonia in the dream and he was, he was saying, come Help us. Come help us. How many people are crying for help? How many people that you don't know them, but they're crying for help? They're crying for help. And guess what? If you have believed 
from your heart this form of doctrine, then you have what they need. You have what they're crying for. They don't need more dope. They don't need more alcohol. They don't need more, I'll call it, permissiveness. I'll say it the nice way, right? They don't need more of that. They don't need more of that. That's why, you know, when we come to the church house and we do things, whether it's uh, having church or whether it's having youth or whatever, any event, anything that we're doing, that's why we try not to do things that the world is full of. We try to be a little more unique and certainly be spiritual about what we do. You get, you get young people come in here and we bring them in on the bus and everything, and they have all of that going on all the time. When they're walking around the house 24-7, it's blaring. Hmm? Just blaring. Just on all the time. Just having its negative effect. Having its programming effect. Oh, yeah. And so we, we've got to have something, and we do. We have something totally unique. We have something that the Bible said, that God be thanked. God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. But now, it's, he's saying, and that in other scripture you could put that there, but now, Ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. The church continues to bring the plan of salvation to you. And you've got to ask yourself, when am I going to believe that? When am I going to believe that? Not superficially. Not, yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. No, no. no. You see, believing when it comes from your heart, it's not passive, it's active. It has much action to it. That man at the church steps, and I told you, I was that man at the church steps, and when the preacher that was visiting came down the, from the second story and came outside and he looked and saw me sitting there, he said, big tears running down my eyes, he said, man, I better let you inside. And there was no, nothing that night. There was no prayer meeting that night. There was no revival going on that night. There was no regular, it was not a regular service night. The door was locked. There was nobody there. And one lone man happened to come down the stairs and come outside and saw me. Brand new person. And he unlocked the door. And I stumbled in the door, made my way to the altar. And I began to pray. I didn't have to pray. I didn't know how to pray. Say, I don't know how to pray. Actually, you, you, the less you know how to pray, the more you know how to pray. Because you really just need to tell God how you feel. You know, I promise you, if, if you drop a 10-pound weight on your big toe, you'll, you'll pray very effectually. God, my toe is killing me! That's a great prayer. Right there. You just tell him, the truth. You just pour out your heart. I hurt God. Did Jesus not do that on the cross? I thirst! Presently somebody ran with a spear and a, something to drink. And, you know, I thirst. But you know, even in that moment, even in that agony, even in that extreme sense of, of uh, being dehydrated, 
his heart about his, his natural heart about that muscle was about to burst. And he, he refused what they gave him because they didn't give him water, just water. You know, it wasn't filtered. They gave him nasty water. And he refused it. They gave him gall. He would have nothing to do with it. You know, even when you feel very, very stretched and loaded and in heaviness, we've got to ask God, as I told Sinister Felt, we've got to be we've got to be more humble. Because because God gives more grace to the humble. I said, so we need to be more humble so we can get more grace. Because we need more grace. Because I'm really having a hard time here. And <laughs> trying to pull people out of the fire. And out of the overcome, overcome the, uh, the effects, the negative effects of the opposing force. You know, if you're going to take off in an airplane, your engine is going to scream. Yeah. You know, you got to admit, you ever been, some of you have been on a plane, and you know, you're sitting in the plane, and they're doing what they call taxiing out to the runway. It takes forever, because sometimes there's traffic, you know, there's like 15, oh, we're number 16, cleared to take off. Translation, we'll be taking off in about 35 more minutes. Sit tight, relax, chill. Okay, so you know, inching, 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 and if and if that plane has to stop completely, then they've got to put some power and make the engine rev a little bit to move a foot as they inch along. Finally, finally, you'll hear the okay, we're cleared by the tower to take off, and he'll swing out onto that runway. And he'll center up on those lines, looking down with that thousand-yard stare. And then it's time for the engine to scream. Friend, he's going to push that power all the way forward, and those engines are going to whine. They are going to scream because they're going to be asked to overcome forces that don't want it to get off the ground. And so that pilot, and that co-pilot, everybody in that plane is saying, come on, baby, you can do this. Come on, baby, you can do this. Or else they're sitting back in their seat. Please, please, please. Right? Because, you know, takeoffs and landings are the two most dangerous things for an aircraft and for the people that are in the plane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you brave people, you know. Brenda's about to faint right now, just me saying that. You know. <laughs> now she's gonna faint from embarrassment. <laughs> but anyway, I know that I know that some people have a fear of flying. Okay. But they'll get in their car and drive like a maniac all over town. They don't think anything about that, you know, with that plastic wrapped around them, you know. Brother, and I, I haven't figured it out yet if my driving is deteriorating or my wife is just getting nervous as she gets a little older in life. Because, brother, she almost gives me a heart attack. You know, I'll be coming up behind somebody to stop at a red light. She's like, ah! <laughs> Boy, when she does that, ah! my God, I go like, what happened? <laughs> There's a car there! 
And I go, yes, my foot is on the brake. <laughs> oh, just think what you have to look forward to, Tom. Get 44 years under your belt, son. And you'll have two of them, at least. Oh, yeah. Brandon, you've got three, buddy. Oh, yeah. Right now, you are outnumbered three to one, son. I'll tell you what. <clears throat> if, 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 if Farrah just don't want no part of that, you might want to consider adoption. Amen. But you can't have Michael. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to close, but believing from your heart. When you believe in your heart, you see, that's, that's, God knows when you believe in your heart. He knows when you're through playing around. He knows when you're, you're done with the, being on the top and superficial. You know, whoever's singing is fine to come. Uh, he knows that. And he also knows, and the church knows, when you mean business. When you're going to believe from your heart. When this is coming from deep inside of you, no more procrastination, no more playing around. This is get down to business time. Right? What was that old worldly song? But I like the phrase, because you can, you can preach it, taking care of business. We know what our business is. Our business is God's business. This is God's business. Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business. What are you doing? Taking care of business. I'm taking care of business. You know, Why are you going to church? I'm taking care of business. Why are you repenting? I'm taking care of business. Jesus said, if I don't take care of that business, I'm going to perish. I'm going to be baptized. What you going to do that for? Taking care of business. Take care of business. I got to take care of business because I'm going to, I have an appointment. And when that appointment comes, I don't want to be unprofitable. I don't want to be cast out into outer darkness. I don't want to join ranks with that rich man who thought he had to, that life consisted of the abundance of all the things he could heap to himself. And then he heard the voice that son, son, in thy lifetime you had all those things. You, you remember this one that's right here that I'm holding. You remember how you dissed him and you looked down your nose at, at all of that church. And you, you didn't need none of that. And so now you're tormented. And they're rejoicing. Because they got in the ark. They went through the door. They escaped the storm. And Jesus asked the question. He said, how shall you escape the damnation of hell? Shall we stand? Shall we stand? Believe from your heart this form of doctrine. It's not just any doctrine. It's not any old thing we'll do. Not at all. Not at all. It's very specific. Very exact. And God does mean what He says and what He has said. Everybody say, Praise the Lord. Give God a big hand with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.
Let's take a moment. Lift our hearts with our hands, shall we? Let's worship the Lord our God. We praise you, Holy Father. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. We need you so much, Lord. We need you so much, Holy Father. Come close to us, O God. Strengthen our hearts in the Holy Ghost. Talk to us. Who did? Oh, sister. Uh, oh. What is it for me to say? It's more than just a prayer to pray. 